Welcome back to The People Show. Josh Elliott will fill in for Vic Nazar, who is filling in. I came in at the wrong time. Came in at the wrong time. Anyway, Vic Nazar filling in for Satyar Shah on Connect Central coming up in uh, half an hour. They will have Don Taylor and Randy Janda on the show, plus the Monday menu. The music you hear playing right now is because Hire by Creed has uh, been stuck in our head. It's been stuck in my head for the past over 24 hours now because uh, it's the Vikings win song. Kirk Cousins introduced it at some point to the team. It caught on. The vibes are amazing. Josh Dobbs is uh, reposting TikToks with some guy, by the way, just nailing the vocals. Um, It's good times. Good times for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, And good times. You know where else the good times are? With the Vancouver Canucks. In the studio. In the studio. There's been good vibes all day in the studio. Anytime Dom is in studio, it's good vibes. Oh, thank you. That's That's the rare Dom compliment. I was dunking on analytics earlier today. He And people were fighting me. You do be doing that. Well, we weren't fighting you. You're telling me how foolish I was. Uh, the reason we were telling you <laughs> you were foolish about analytics is because you were like, you know when they got popular? Dave Septem- Moneyball came out, <laughs> September baby. 23rd, 2011. Meanwhile, Moneyball is based off of stuff that happened years prior. I don't know. You, you lost us there. But uh, get your text in, 650-650. young Josh, yep. is that the advent of analytics in sports talk radio and sports writing really took off like a rocket ship the year that Moneyball came out and romanticized analytics in sports, which it did. It did. You cannot, you cannot tell me that is not true. Jonah Hill... Wearing a pair of glasses, spraying out a bunch of stats all over the page, convincing Brad Pitt this is how you win. It was a good movie. That romanticized statistics and analytics to every young little nerd, sports guy, sports fan that couldn't play sports growing up. But you know what? This is how I make my impact on so the game. So you think those those young boys and girls watched Moneyball 12 years ago, and not only have they been able to grow old enough to have a job in front offices around sports, but also make a viable impact already within 12 years. Yes. I disagree. 12 years is a long time. What are you talking about? How old were you in 2011, 2010? Uh, I was in 2010, 2011. I was uh, 12 12, years ago. 12, 13. So what are we talking about here? Yeah, but I wouldn't be in a front office controlling things. You and Dubas are the same age. Uh, me and Dubis are the same age. How old is Kyle Dubis? If I, if you had to guess, how old is I Kyle? I think he's, uh, I think he's just coach uh, older than I am. Thirty-four, if I'm not mistaken. He is thirty-seven. Oh, it's very close. So he was twenty-five. Age. When Moneyball came out. Yeah. So do you think that that I could see influencing him? Yeah. But no, I still don't think it was like. Uh, I think I, I don't think people saw Moneyball and were like, you know what, you know what I'm gonna do with my life. I'm going to change how sports teams operate. I think guys like Dom LeCision and, you know, guys of the like were out there thinking, how do I turn my passion into a job while also being smart? Because that's what they are. Let's be honest. They're smart guys. Like, I sure. looked at what Bick Nazar just did in, in the hour between Canucks Talk and People Show. 
And the man's spreadsheets are unreal. Ridiculous. Yeah. And he was telling you how there was a discrepancy in PDO. PDO. An on-ice shooting percentage. And, I think we figured it out. And we were, and I'm just sitting there like, this is, this is what sports talk has turned into. This. I, I don't know. If sports talk has turned into it. It's more of a like, f- for me, the way I approach analytics. And now we're getting into this big like. There's plenty of time in this segment. Philosophical we'll debate. Um, anyway, the, the way I approach it is, I like I'll watch every game. Sometimes I'll watch them twice. Dom, I'm committed. I can't do that. Ah, I love it. I don't know. Like. Back to, front to back, yeah, yeah, yeah. Skip commercials. I'll skip commercials. Yeah, and you're Sports not Sportsnet Plus. I'll just and you're not watching it on like one and a half speed. Like you're watching the whole game. Yeah, this like the second watch through. I might like I'll know where the lulls and spikes are, so maybe I'll be on my phone for part of it. But generally, I'm watching the whole game. Jeez. I'm trying to get it like Dom to to peel back the curtain. I'm trying to be a more of a host. You know, want to have proper takes and stuff. Feel like I gotta gotta watch so, as much but as are I can. You, again. So th- there we go. So anyway, you think that you need pro- to have proper takes? You need to be into analytics. No, no, no. So I was, I'll watch these games and I'll form my own opinion, and then I'll go to the analytics to so and find the numbers that prove your <laughs> that prove I'm right. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's the thing that most of these guys do. Dom Lecision, Jay Fresh, whoever. Thomas Drance. They will. To their credit, like they're smart at finding numbers that back up what they're looking for. Yeah. And then they'll write an article about it and be like, see how right I am? And then they generally ignore when they were wrong. This text in the Dunbar Lumber text line before we can move on to to Rick Talk at Talk. TJ in the Valley, Josh, you're crazy. I was in a sports management degree in 2012 and 100% was influenced and inspired by Moneyball. I'm 33 now, so definitely had an impact. From TJ in the Valley. TJ in the Valley. How many other people in that degree were like, oh, man, I watched Moneyball and now I'm here? Probably a bunch. If, if it's a lot, then, hey, maybe I'll, maybe I'll give your point, Dom, some more, uh, some more credence. But it's uh, for me, like, I, I guess what I'm saying is we were already seeing the impact of analytics just a year or two after Moneyball. And like before that as well, baseball—it's been a thing for for a while. I not in okay, again, not in sports, Josh. Oh, in you the mean analysis in the public of sports and, and the entertainment industry that we are in. Okay, may you know what? I can see that argument a little bit more. Oh, I can wow. see that. I can see that argument. It a little only bit took more. an hour. <laughs> All right, let's talk about talking. Uh, so. On to talk it. It is the people show, by the way. Josh Ellie Wolf, Dominic Schmata here as well. And Victor Koshe, he's also here. Um, and everyone on the 650-650 Dunbar Lumber Sex Line. So the reason I wanted to talk about Talk It, doing Talk Talks, is we are just over 50 games. We're 51 games into the Rick Talk It experience in Vancouver. Um, I would have liked to do 50 games, but they played a back-to-back. What am I going to do? So we're not counting the Montreal game. No, we'll count the Montreal game. No, that's fine. That's fifty-one. No, oh, oh, we're gonna count it. I, all my all my numbers are based on. <laughs> based oh no, on that. analytics. <laughs> anyway, um, so I have two questions, and I'll pose this Shoot. to the text line. I'll pose this to you. I'll answer them myself. Which players? This is the first question. Which players have benefited from the change the most? From the change to. Maybe you want to go all the way back to Green, to Boudreaux, to Tockett, and now they've found their way under Rick Tockett. 
And the second question that we'll get into as well, can we admit we were some some portions of the fan base were wrong about what Rick Tockett would be in Vancouver? So to to add to your first question, uh, better in what statistical category? Because I feel like you have a statistic here that's going to back up your point. Uh, like, so, can you expand on what you mean by which players have yeah. So, for example, like JT Miller, I think this season we've talked. That's the guy I was going to. I, I feel like that's kind of the answer for everyone. I wanted to think of something more creative, but JT Miller has just been – he's been really good under Rick Talk. Mm-hmm. Defensively, like, it feels like Travis Green and Bruce Boudreaux were both like, hey, this guy should be a matchup center. Like, I got to figure out how to make this work, and they just weren't able to. And then it feels like Rick Taki came in, and maybe it's the structure they're playing with. In fact, I think a lot of it is probably the structure they're playing with. And I think a lot of it as well is is being smart about which defensive pair he's playing with. But overall, Miller's defensive game has really, really improved over uh, through his time with Rick Taki. And we've seen it a lot this year. Like People are genuinely saying, not as a joke, maybe it started as a joke, but now it's serious that he might be, like, in the Selkie conversation? Uh, The answer to your question, while JT Miller is a good one, is unequivocally Phil DiGiuseppe. Yeah, that's true. Nobody's seen a bigger glow-up than Phil DiGiuseppe. That's the answer to your question. Uh, Him, I think... He is the lowest-paid top six forward in the NHL. And not because, you know, he's a bottom six guy that's just somehow sticking in the top. It's because he's actually a top six quality left wing. I will, like, it's difficult to say if he's actually a top six quality left wing. Why? Or if he just compliments Miller and Besser so well. You know what I'm saying? Like, So you're going to argue to me that, like, oh, Phil DiGiuseppe can't carry his own line, therefore he's not a top six left wing? No, I just think that they're, like, like, do you think Anthony Beauvillier is a top six winger. No. But I think he could compliment Mikheyev and Patterson well if he had to. No. I, I think so. I haven't seen it. Do you have some sort of analytics to back that up? I mean, last year we saw Bobilia play really well with Patterson and Kuzmenko. And I think a lot of people last year would have been like, oh, it's a top six forward. Yeah, but I think he's regressed. Sure. I, and PDG might regress. That being said, well, like... Well, we hope not. No, I want to ride this vibe as long as possible. Um, but... I do think you're right, though. PDG has seen and a I think, really big glow up, and I he think, is a top six forward at the moment. I think that has to do with his style of play matches up with Rick Tockett's uh, style of, of coaching. I think PDG, his, how you say, mentality also fits the vibe of Rick Tockett. I think those two things, more than anything, uh, are the reasons why he's a top six left forward on the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, and why he's... Like you can't take him off that line. No, I agree. He's been so good. There have been there have been people that have been like, "Wow, maybe you could trade for a guy and put him there." I'm like, "Don't touch it." Yeah, just leave it as is. It's fine for now. The other answer to your question, it, it's all on the same line. Is Brock Besser? Brock Besser for sure, especially this year. To the end, at the end of last year, it was like maybe he's still the same guy. Maybe the coaching change doesn't change anything. But you also have to take into account last year. You're coming in mid-season. Mm-hmm. The vibes are down. Guys are trying to figure out who this coach is. Like, what's my place on this roster? Yeah, for sure. Right? You, the, have, uh, you now have a full training camp under your belt, the full off season. 
Guys know their roles. They know where they fit in the roster. And it shows with with Besser and uh, PDG. The other answer uh, that's coming in on the 650-650 Dunbar Lumber text line, uh, Connor Garland is playing really well under Tockett. Uh, I think that's true as well. Honestly, it's it's hard to point to a guy and be like, that guy got worse, well, you know? Bolivier. Bovi- well, but Bovillier oh, came in. Bovillier, sorry. Bolivier. Bovillier came in when Rick Tocca was already here, and I think he played well last year. I think he just regressed. regressed. He regressed over the summer. That's not good. No, I well, I agree. But I still think he's capable of more than we've seen. I guess. Like I guess. if you put him in a position like he was in last year with Pedersen and Kuzmenko, I think he would be equally as good as he was last year. And he's just like there's no reason to put him there, so I wouldn't do it. But he's not getting the same opportunity he did last year. Um speaking of Pedersen, that's another guy I wanted to bring up. In the fifty one games since Rick Tocket has come in, this is not an advanced stat, Don. This is a regular one. Seventy three points. In 51 games. Wow. You know what pace that's at? 117. Over a, over a 82-game season. Mm-hmm. Elias Pettersson has been really, really good. and I While like, being hampered by some sort of ailment. That's what I was going to say. Is I think in these last few games, maybe in these last two or three weeks, he's seemed uh, not at the Elias Pettersson level that we're maybe used to. Though he's leading the league in points and he's still playing really well. But if you're watching the games, it just feels like something's a little bit off with Pedersen right now, and yet he's still playing at this level, which is kind of scary, not only for the rest of the NHL and what it might mean for his ultimate potential, but also what it means for his contract, I guess. But Why I'm do not we care. I'm not going to worry Why about do we that. Care. This is one of those just like sports talk topics that I never understood. It's like. The guy's playing well, and now we're all suddenly like, oh, no, he's going to command a massive salary. Yeah, but he's good. <laughs> yeah. Pedersen is a guy, like, there are guys. Like, who... you want guys that are, like, top five in the league. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you have to pay him like a top five player. Yes, but he's on your team. Yeah. I will say there are guys who, when they're having a year like this, you start to worry, and you're like, oh, they're going to get paid a lot. Pedersen is not that guy. Pedersen, you're just like, here's some money. Hope we figure the rest out, but we got to keep you. If this team is good, yeah, and he is a top five forward in in the NHL, uh huh. He's an RFA. Yeah, no, he's not. He's not. He's going not anywhere. going anywhere. And, so everyone uh, needs to chill out about like, oh, he's going to get paid. Well, yeah, he's going to get paid because he's good. He's going to get paid anywhere he goes, regardless of if it's. Vancouver but he's not going anywhere. He's not going anywhere. At least unless he asks for a trade. Yeah, or he signs a short term deal, which. Like again, but he's still here. Yes, exactly. The benefit I think uh, as well with this hot start is now I feel like purely based on vibes, it's more likely that you get to December or January and you go to Pedersen's camp and you're like, Hey, look, like we're doing well. Do you want to, do you want to sign here? Maybe sign a long-term deal maybe in Vancouver. And maybe he's more open to it than he was in uh in the summer do it or... full plot <laughs> eight years be the antagonist anyway uh go on a journey win the cup wow be a hero you'd be remembered <laughs> um but i do think it's more likely than it was uh previously the the one i am worried about getting overpaid 
And again, I'm still not super concerned about it. Is Philip Peronic? Yeah, that dude's just piling up assists. Again, is it a nine or ten game point streak? I think it's ten. So, are you under the slight belief that Philip Peronic, Hronek, is going to regress next year after he gets paid? No. Well, then. But it, yeah, like I'm not. I'm not in the camp of saying I'm worried about these guys, like paying these guys, because I think if you have a top pairing, like you pay top pairing defenseman, you pay. Uh, top six forwards, you pay top five in the league forwards like Elias Pettersson. Um, I have no concern about the, the paying those guys. It's all the other guys that you tend to worry about if you're an NHL team, uh, overpaying. But the Canucks aren't really in a position to have to do that after this season. So, I don't know. I'm not really worried about any of these contracts at the moment. Uh, 650-650, Dunbar Lumber text line. We got more updates from TJ in the Valley uh, regarding this um, – this uh sports discussion. management degree apparently a lot of people were influenced by moneyball yeah so you know what dom you're right thank you uh we'll give you the credit there uh just to go back to your original question do you think this is sustainable under rick talker uh this level like how they're playing right now probably yeah. not like at this record no, no, no. I'm not talking about, like, will they continue at a 11, what is it, 11, 3, and 1? Yeah. Pace? 12, 3, and 1? Might 12, be 12, 3, and 1, I believe. Are they going to continue at that pace? I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the this style of hockey. 11, 3, and 1. You were right. Thank you. And the, that's two in a row. <laughs> yeah, and you're on a roll. This structure, and do you think the players can sustain this level of play? Under this coach. I think so. Nothing about this seems unsustainable from, like, it doesn't feel like players are drastically overperforming on an individual level. It's not like Kuzmenko last year with, like, a 100% shooting percentage. Yeah, which which we've seen regress, but the team is still doing yeah. well. That it's it It's not matter. that. Yeah. There are a lot of parts in this that make it seem much more sustainable. Uh, are we doing guess the lines today? Do we got to fit that in? We could have. We could Oh. Are we past it? We should have done that in the football segment. Let's keep talking about hockey then. <laughs> I'm just, I, I just wanted to make sure. Um, I'm bad at it anyway, so you can do it with uh, Bick tomorrow. Yeah. Um, this one from uh, the text line. Is PDG more Anson Carter or more Alex Burroughs? Alex Burroughs. For sure, but not at the same like, Not at the same echelon I don't, as Alex Burroughs. I don't think you take PDG. I don't think PDG is propped up by Miller and Besser. The way mm. Anson Carter was propped up by sure. the Sedine Twins. Yeah, and especially because PDG, it's not like he's he has these crazy stats and he's like performing at this exponential level yeah. that he won't continue to. He's just a wall guy and a good four-checker who's like really good at complementing that line. Sounds like Alex Burroughs. Yeah, and well, but Burroughs got the benefit of the numbers as well, and maybe that's something that comes with, with time with PDG. Uh, but I would I agree. I if think you're asking me to compare between the two. I think he's more of a Burroughs. Burroughs than, than, yeah, yeah than, for sure, for sure. Uh, especially the role he plays as well. Um, the other part of the question that I asked: Can we admit that we were wrong about Tockett? So for who, me personally, who was wrong? For me I personally, wasn't wrong. well, no, Dom's never wrong. At least not in the last five minutes. No, in the last five minutes you haven't been wrong. Um, so a lot of people. And, and like, were you a naysayer, Josh? I I'm trying to remember like yes. if I was. I don't think I was as big of a naysayer. Let's as, go through your tweets. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> um, yeah, honestly, that might be helpful. My memory is horrible. 
Uh, but I'm regardless, so a lot of people on Canucks Twitter and in our text box, like a lot of people, maybe even on the station, were like, "Hey, why are you doing this to Bruce? Why are you why are you dragging this on? Why do you have to bring Rick Tockett in now instead of in the off season?" Um, this feels like the reason they had to bring him in when they did. And especially because you look at, uh, he did an interview on Canuck Central on Friday, by the way, with Dan Riccio and Satyar Shah. And one of the things he said was like, hey, coming in at the time I did last year really helped me lay the groundwork for what they've been doing this season. And for him to acknowledge that and show that that wasn't just something that people that were defending him were um, pulling out of thin air, I guess. That seems really important to me. And for me personally, and I, I think a lot of people, they also looked at him and they said, hey, this guy is like Travis Green. He didn't do great in Arizona. Actually, you know what? I remember I was on the I was on the side of you should bring him in because I think in Arizona, he overperformed with that roster. And you want me to read your tweet about that? Yeah. Did I actually did I tweet you about said, that? I think this whole coaching thing has been as much of a mess as anyone else. But are we really pointing a talk its record in Arizona as a reason to hate on the move? Boom. Josh was right. Um, and and I still hold true to that. Like, I think he overperformed in Arizona. with the Not overperformed, but he got the most out of that Coyotes roster. And I think he's able to get the most out of this Canucks roster. And so I'm willing to admit that I was going to say I was wrong, but I'm willing to admit that I was right and other people were wrong. I like this just I'm to conceded. end the show. Okay. I don't it's, like you going through my tweets. It's a two-part tweet. Okay. Yeah, go the ahead. first tweet. The Canucks are trying to make walk it like I talk it chant happen moments after Bruce. There it is chant. Oh, Personally, I still think talk it like it's hot is better, but also trying this in the third game is not a good plan. I, am I wrong? Nope. They tried to, uh, I remember that the, the third game might've been like one of the first couple home games. They were like, they were playing walk it like I talk it after a, a Canucks goal. And I was like, Oh guys. Uh, this there, is this is not going to happen. There was also a uh, snarky tweet from you, Team Tank. Now that they can trash the Canucks for winning, in parentheses, not good for Tank and losing, in parentheses, must be good for talk or must be talk its fault. And then you had a gif of uh, a guy saying, "I'm playing both sides so that I always come out on top." Hmm. I feel like that one didn't translate as well on no, there, but I uh, I appreciate the effort. I appreciate everyone listening as well. Sportsnet six fifty. Uh, you can stream us on the Sportsnet app. I'm just going to run through everything. Also, uh, thanks for texting in, 650-650. Dunbar Lumber text line. Uh, thanks to everyone defending Dom's Moneyball take. Don't appreciate it, but uh, I respect it. I'm right. <laughs> um, thanks to Dom Tramati producing. Thanks to uh, Victor Gauthier as well. I have been Josh Elliott Wolf. This has been The People Show. Uh, Connect Central, Dan Reggio, Bick Nazar, coming up next on Sportsnet 650.